Hey, so good to welcome you to Fields Church Online. And we are so pleased that you've tuned in for this message. No matter what's going on in your world right now, we pray that you come away feeling encouraged by this message. Got really choked up when uh, Roy came in today. And then when Kimberly shared, I felt even more choked up. Because you are amazing. All you people that serve. Week in, week out, you come and you serve. And there are lots of things that you do that no one sees. All those things behind the scenes that Kimberly spoke about. Early in the morning, people come and set up. We've got an amazing group of leaders. We've got some great life group leaders. And I want to say that Esther and I really love you. We really do. We've given our lives to serve you, serve God as we serve him. So I want to thank you for just allowing me to be emotional, if that's all right. Just be a little vulnerable today. And I think that's really going to really thank you, Kimberly, for being that vulnerable as well. It's emotional, isn't it? When you think about the sacrifices that people give, you know, to serve Jesus is amazing. So we're really blessed to have you guys. I'm going to pray. Can we do that? Let's just close our eyes. Oh, thank you, Jesus. You're such a good God. Thank you for saving us, Lord. Thank you for being in our lives. Thank you for not leaving us alone, Father God, but sending your Holy Spirit to be in us and through us and living in and through us, minister in and through us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for calling us to this place of Kesgrave, Ipswich, England. 25 years ago, you just laid Ipswich on our hearts to come. Not knowing what it was, not knowing anything about the town, didn't know anybody here. And I want to thank you for your faithfulness, Lord. You've been so faithful. So faithful over all these years. Even when we're faithless, God is faithful. I want to thank you, Holy Spirit, for being in my life, for transforming me, changing me. That's a role that the Holy Spirit has to, to change us, to be more like Jesus. If we're willing to be changed, to transform us, transform our lives. And my life has been transformed, really. If you'd have known me before I was a Christian, I'm not that person anymore. And I want to thank Jesus for that. Thank you, Jesus, for this opportunity I have to just share the word of life with these, your people. I pray for open hearts this morning, that people would open their hearts to you, Holy Spirit. To you, God the Father, to you, the Son, Jesus, today. And thank you, Holy Spirit, for your word. Thank you, Jesus, for your word, that it is living and active. I thank you, Father God, as I share this morning, that faith would rise in every heart, dispelling all fear, doubt, and unbelief. And if you love the Lord, you'll say amen. Amen. If you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Acts 17, verse 11. If you would, I'm going to start a new, uh, well, it's just, I was going to do a one-off uh, message today, but I realized I had a little bit too much, so I'm going to share the rest of it on the 13th. What's next week? Anyone know the birthday? So I'm going to share this week, the Spirit-Filled Life, then we're going to have a birthday celebration, and on the 13th, I'm going to share this message and conclude this message again. Youth are going out. That's great. Thanks, guys. So the title of my message is The Spirit-Filled Life. What would we do without the Holy Spirit? 
I don't need to show that at the moment. Let's just leave that for a moment. I just want to share a couple of things. So I'm going to share this over a couple of weeks, and then I'm going to start a series on spiritual gifts. Everyone say spiritual gifts. God has given spiritual gifts to the body of Christ to bless the body of Christ. So I'll use this as a, a real foundation. Can we all be like the Bereans? Who knows who the Bereans were? Any idea? You know them well. Live next door to them, I think, used to, yeah. This is where we're going to have a look at, first of all. Let's be like the Bereans. And the people of Berea were more open-minded, everyone say open-minded, than those in Thessalonica. Seems very loud up here. Is it loud out there? It's quite loud, I think. Can you hear me at the back? I've got quite a loud voice anyway. That's a little better. And the people of Berea were more open-minded than those in Thessalonica, and they listened eagerly. How did they listen? Eagerly. Are you eagerly listening this morning? Yes, Tell your neighbor, I'm eagerly listening to him this morning. They were eagerly listening to Paul's message. Look at this. They searched the scriptures day after day to see if Paul and Silas were teaching the truth. Amen. I like that. What about us? Did they take Paul's teaching just at heart and just think, oh, we'll just take it as it is? No, they searched the scriptures day by day to see if they were telling the truth. You know, too many Christians believe what they hear without studying truth for themselves. They really don't. And again, it's not a criticism. Tell your neighbor, I'm not criticizing you. Tell your second choice, I'm not criticizing you either. And, you know, teaching about the Holy Spirit is, a, is quite a hot topic for a lot of people, you know, and uh, I believe the Holy Spirit is the most neglected member of the body, uh, of the Godhead. Yeah, not of the body, but of the Godhead. You know, most U.S. Christians don't believe the Holy Spirit is real. I did a survey recently. In a survey, 64% of British practicing Christians, that's 7 in 10, say the Holy Spirit is a force and not a personal being. When Jesus referred to the Holy Spirit, he said, He, when He, the Holy Spirit, comes, He will lead you. He will lead you into all truth. Even Jesus calls Him He. So He has a personality. He is a person. You know, I spoke to a pastor recently, and he said, because this is a, such a hot topic, he said that his elders would not even allow him to even mention the Holy Spirit in church. And it's no wonder that there's a lack of power in our churches. I believe God wants us to live by and in the power of the Holy Spirit in every part of our lives, not just a Sunday, but every part of our lives. So I pray, like the Bereans, we need to be open-minded and study the Scriptures, study the Word of God for ourselves. If you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Ephesians 1.13. You brought your Bibles this morning? Yes. Praise the Lord. Ephesians 1.13, the New King James. I ask this question, firstly... How do we receive the Holy Spirit? Just think about that for a moment. How do we receive the Holy Spirit? There are a number of ways that the Holy Spirit works in our lives, but we're going to see how we receive the, the Holy Spirit. So the moment we give our lives to Jesus, the Holy Spirit, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. Let's have a look at this verse. It says there in Ephesians 1, In him you also trusted, look at that, after you heard the word of truth. Thank you for truth. Thank you for the word of truth, that we can hear truth and listen to truth every day. The gospel of your salvation, in whom also having, what does that say? Believed you were 
Sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. So the moment we're saved, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. And what I want you to do is remember that word promise. Say to your your neighbor, remember the word word. promise. You know, there are some who believe this is all of the Holy Spirit that we're going to get. That once we receive him at salvation, that's it. No more of the Holy Spirit. But I believe uh, Bibles tell tell a different story. Let's have a look at 1 Corinthians 12, 13. The Amplified Bible says this. Well, it's half past 11. Half past 12, I've got to stop now. Okay, who enjoyed the extra hour in bed this morning? Oh, a few of you did. Didn't make much difference to me. I just kept waking up. I don't know why. I'm like that on a one body. Okay, for by one Holy Spirit, we are all baptized into one body. Isn't that great? I love that. Spiritually transformed, united together whether Jews or Greeks, Gentiles, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one Holy Spirit since the same Holy Spirit fills each life. We don't need to be afraid of the Holy Spirit. I think there's a lot of confusion around the Holy Spirit's role, what he's meant to do, who is he, what he's meant to be in our lives. And I think some people sort of still steer clear of it. Some people haven't had a lot of teaching about the Holy Spirit. So that's why I wanted to share this message now and on the 13th. So when we look at the spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians 12, we're going to see how God empowers believers to not just live a Christian life, but to reach people for Jesus. You know, I look back over 25 years, we couldn't have done this, this had this 25-year journey without the Holy Spirit living in my life and, and directing us and leading us and guiding us and empowering us to keep going because we could have given up, I don't know how many times, how many times? Probably hundreds that we wanted, there have been times in our lives that we wanted to give up because things have been quite difficult and quite challenging. But you know, when God has called you, when God has called you, when you know God has called you, he can give you the strength to get through each and every day. I don't know where we'd be without the Holy Spirit in our lives. I really don't. You know, there's more than one baptism recorded in Scripture. We can see a type and a shadow of three baptisms in the next verse. Go to 1 Corinthians 10 for me while you're going there. What's a type and a shadow? A type, a shadow, a pattern or figure is a foretelling of future events. You know, God told Moses to make a tabernacle after the pattern. He gave him a pattern. And there's a tabernacle in heaven that's exactly the same. So that's a type and shadow. This pattern of the tabernacle is a type and shadow of the true tabernacle that we can see in heaven. Moses is a type of Christ. He delivered his people from bondage. And Christ is our deliverer, so he was their deliverer. Christ is our deliverer, so Moses was a type and shadow of Christ, delivering his people out of bondage, just like Jesus delivers us out of bondage. And that's a great place for you to say, thank Jesus for that. Because we were all lost, weren't we? Lost in darkness, serving our master, Satan. You might not believe that, but we were slaves to sin. That's what the Bible truly tells us. You know, the Apostle Paul writes to the church at Corinth and mentioned those who wandered in the wilderness. So we're going to see here three types of baptism in the next verse. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud. What did the cloud represent in the Old Testament? The Holy Spirit. They, 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 they followed the cloud by day, didn't they? And a pillar of fire by night. That's what they had. And that was a type. That's the Holy Spirit. 
all passed through the sea. What does that represent? They all passed through the sea, didn't they, when the sea parted? What happened? What does that represent? What kind of baptisms that represent going through the water? Water baptism. Look at this, verse 2. All, say all, were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Do you get that? Like we're baptized into Christ. We're baptized into the body of Christ. We're baptized by the Spirit, and we're baptized in water. Can't you see those three types there? So they were baptized into Moses, their deliverer. We're baptized into Jesus, our deliverer. They were baptized in the cloud. That represents the baptism in the Holy Spirit. They were baptized in water, and we're baptized in water. You know, that word baptized here means to fully immerse. Like you're dyeing a garment. If you had a garment and you were dyeing it, what would you do with it? You put the whole garment, unless you're tie-dyeing, of course. That's coming back now. And all the hippies said amen. That's coming back again. It's, it's like fully immersing something in water. What happens at water baptism? You're fully immersed, don't you? No, no. I like everybody. I love everybody. <laughs> Just get a preach on. No, I wouldn't do that. Sorry. Bad pastor. Bad pastor. So we're fully immersed into Christ when we're saved. At salvation, we're fully immersed in water baptism. And I believe we can be fully immersed in the baptism of the Holy Spirit if we just grasp what that means. Let's have a look at this. Yes, Apostle John said this in John 3.11. He said, in, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I. Who's that talking about? That's talking about Jesus, right? And what does he say? I whose sandals I am not worthy to carry... He will baptize you with what? The Holy Spirit and with fire. You know, we're sealed at salvation with the Holy Spirit. But John says right here, he's going to baptize us with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And over the coming weeks, we're going to have a, a look at what that means. What about the Holy Spirit in the life of Jesus? Who remembers the story? It might be familiar to, do, to you. It might not be that when John was baptizing people, he looked and saw Jesus and he said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And what did he do right there? He baptized Jesus, didn't he? And then what happened? Heavens opened and God spoke, didn't he? Right here we see the Trinity. We see God the Son coming. John's going to baptize him. The heavens opened. And what did God say? This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. It's well pleasing to God when we're baptized in water. Isn't that good? And what happened after that? The Holy Spirit came, right, in the form of a dove. And what happened? Came upon Jesus. And the Bible says in John's gospel, it says, and remained. What happened then? Jesus had a party, a 25-year party, a 30-year party, did he? What happened then? The Holy Spirit took him into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. He was tempted three times. But after that, the Bible says that he came out of the, of the wilderness in the power of the Spirit. And then and only then did he go about doing miracles, performing miracles, raising the dead, healing all that were sick. Can we say amen to that? Amen. Secondly, we receive his power. And again, some of these verses might be familiar to you, but let's just go over them again. Now, this is Jesus speaking. Now, these were the last, some of the last words of Jesus. Do you think they would be important enough to share with his disciples? What did he say? I'm going to go away, but I'm going to send you the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Well, why would he do that? Why would he send the Holy Spirit? These verses tell us. Acts 1.8, amplified. But you will receive what? Power 
I love the Amplified, an ability when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses to tell people about me both in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, and even the ends of the earth. You know, we can do nothing without God. We can do nothing without the Holy Spirit leading us and guiding us. Because Jesus says when he, he comes, he will lead you into all truth. He'll tell you things to come. You don't need to look at your horoscope to see what's going to happen tomorrow. Why do they call it a horoscope? It's full of horror, isn't it? Hey, just ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, what am I meant to do? That's why we had the Holy Spirit in our lives. And the next verse, what about that? In Luke 24, 49, it says this, the Amplified. Listen carefully. I am sending the promise. What I'd like you to do is just remember that word promise. Tell your neighbor. Just remember the word promise. Tell your neighbor the other side. Remember that word promise because it's important. Because it's going to come up again. I am sending the promise of my Father. What's the promise? The Holy Spirit upon you. But you are to remain in the city of Jerusalem until you are clothed, fully equipped with power from on high. So it's not just a question of receiving the Holy Spirit and that's it. We're going to receive God's power. This is what Jesus promised. And these words are really important. Because if he needed the Holy Spirit's power to go out and do what he did after he was baptized when the Holy Spirit came upon him and remained upon him, and the disciples the same, what did they do? When Jesus was resurrected, after the day of Pentecost, what did they do? They went about doing the same things that Jesus did. Laying hands on the sick, they were recovered. If that's important for them, for Jesus and for them, is it more just as important for us to receive that power as well? How many feel like you've been clothed with power from on high? That's a good question. Three or four hands have gone up. It just, it's telling, isn't it, to realize that when we don't talk about this stuff, we think, cool, I can see in Moses' day the power. I can see in Paul's day and the other disciples the power. I don't see it in my day. And sadly, we don't see enough of the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives on a daily basis. I think the greatest miracle that's ever performed is someone being saved, someone giving their life to Jesus, transformed from darkness to light. I've seen most of you, you know, I have a great relationship and long relationships with lots of you, and I know your journey and where your journey's taken you. And I've seen you change for the good over time. Isn't that amazing? That's the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. You know, the Bible says, be holy, be holy as I am holy. How, how possible is that? Tell your neighbor and do it in a, in a sort of reverent voice. Be holy, be holy. as I am holy. Sorry, Andrew, you've got no one to talk to. Talk to Esther. Tell Esther, tell Esther in a, in a real humble voice, be holy, Esther. What does the rest of the verse say? As I am holy. How, how possible is that without the Holy Spirit, it, Holy Spirit in our lives helping us to be holy, to live a holy life? And you think, well, I don't, I'm not that holy. Well, you need to get holy. Tell your neighbor, you need to get holy. I'm going to read that verse again. I am sending the promise, everyone say promise, of my Father, the Holy Spirit upon you, but you are to remain in the city of Jerusalem until you are clothed, fully equipped with power from on high. You know, in both these verses we can see 
that God wants to give. Send the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit's power to believers. In fact, the, the prophet Joel in Joel 2 prophesied about this day. That day, the day of Pentecost, who remembers what that is? 50 days after Jesus was resurrected, what happened? The day of Pentecost came, and Jesus said, I want you to wait in Jerusalem. And the 120, how many were there in the upper room? There were 120 up in the upper room. How many of you would have waited? How long do you think they waited? I think they waited about 10 days. After one or two days, you might have said, well, what's going to happen then? When's this promise coming? Let's order some food. That might be a good idea. Let's order some food so we can while the time away. But they didn't. They waited. And then what happened? The Holy Spirit came upon how many of them? All 120. Not all 120 were apostles or prophets or pastors or teachers. There were some women there. Shock horror. What happened to the women? They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Is that right? And what happened then? They had a party. They stayed in the room and invited everyone in the room. What did they do? They went outside. Why did they do that? I believe the the Holy Spirit led them to go outside and then Peter preaches a great sermon and 3,000 people come to Jesus. Is that power? Is that real power? How many of you like to see that in a service, church service, where hundreds of people come to Jesus? In Africa, we saw those things when we lived in Africa and it's incredible to see hundreds of people just giving their lives to Jesus because they've got nothing. Given Jesus, they've got everything. Is that true? Anyone who's been to Africa and seen these things? So, 120 were filled in the upper room. Let's have a look at that verse again. We know this because Jesus said, Wait in Jerusalem until you are clothed with power from on high. Jesus didn't just say, just receive the Holy Spirit. He says, wait in Jerusalem until you are clothed with power from on high. And that's what they did. The Greek for power here... I'm sure some of you know this. The Greek for power here is, is the word dunamis in Greek, and it means strength. Everyone say strength. It's, it means power. It means ability. Yeah, everyone say power. Thank you, thank you, Savior. Everyone say ability. Power for performing miracles. How many of you have seen a miracle in your life? Some of you experienced miracles in your life. Have you seen people being healed? Incredible things. People getting out of wheelchairs and all sorts. It's just amazing. It really is amazing. But he promises this to the 120. There's no one left out because they were all filled and received this power, the power of God. And they went into the crowd. And what did, who was Peter, who was Peter talking to when he went out into the streets? Who was he talking to? Was it just, was it the apostles' conference and all the apostles were there? Was it the teachers' conference and all the teachers were there? Was it the specially gifted people's conference and all the specially gifted people were there what did he do he went into the streets and spoke to who ordinary people remember that word promise tell your neighbor remember that word promise because is this promise for anybody else is it for anyone else or just those 120 let's have a look at the next verse acts 238 amplified if you go there i'm going to take a drink if that's all right you didn't mind me getting a bit emotional earlier did you Don't be daft. I should be upset. My team lost yesterday. (laughs) Where's Mark? He said, Mark, I didn't own up. He said, the last couple of weeks I've been very quiet. That's all right. I'm humble in defeat. God says, I've got to pray for my enemies. Father God. (laughs) No, you're not my enemies. 
Look at this, Acts 2.38. I don't know where I went with that. Anyway, who's this, is this promise for anybody else? Let's have a look at it. Acts 2.38, the Amplified says this. And Peter said to them, that's the crowd in the streets, repent. Everyone say repent. Change your old way of thinking. Turn your sinful ways, accept and follow Jesus as the Messiah, and be baptized, each one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, because of the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a gift. Who wouldn't want a gift? How many like a gift? Especially at Christmas. There's plenty of you here. I'm going to give you a list of all the things I'd like for Christmas. So hopefully I might get one or two presents. I might just hold on to the chocolates. Well, no, Angela's taken them now. Yes, so I don't, know what, I don't think that's a good idea. I think we ought to share them, Angela. I've got plenty of space in my garage or somewhere else. You'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a gift. Who wouldn't want to desire that? Look at the progression in, these, in this verse. Peter said, repent and follow Jesus. Here he speaks about salvation. And what happens at salvation? You're sealed with the Holy Spirit, aren't you? Right? Then he said, be baptized in water. And then what will happen? You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So there we see three baptisms right there. Receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit is a separate experience to us being sealed with the Holy Spirit when we're saved. It's a totally different experience. Peter then goes on to talk about the promise. Everyone say promise. In verse 39, and it says this, For the promise of the Holy Spirit is for you. Who's he talking to? He's at the Apostles' Conference again. He's at the specially anointed people's conference again. No, he's speaking to ordinary people in the street. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far away including the Gentiles, as many as the Lord our God calls himself. Peter is addressing, calls to himself. Peter is addressing the crowd on the day of Pentecost. I think that's really amazing. You know, some say this was just for the early church and that all died out. If that's the case, then God would have to change one of his names, wouldn't he? Do you think he would? Just think of the names of God, the redemptive names of God. Would he have to call himself Jehovah Rapha, the God who used to heal? Has God's character and nature changed? It's the same, isn't it? God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We've just got to start believing that God would use you and me to be his hands and feet to heal and see a broken lost, broken lost world healed and come to Jesus and come to faith. But Jesus said this in Mark 16. He said this, and these signs, what kind of signs are we looking at here? What are we going to see now? They're miraculous signs, aren't they? They're just not normal signs, are they? We're going to see miraculous signs. And these signs will follow who? No, it says they're apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, specially gifted, anointed people. Is that what it says? And these signs will follow those who... Believe any believers here this morning? Yes. In my name. You see, the name of Jesus. When we look at Acts chapter 4, when they took Peter and John before the Sanhedrin, they said, they said the name of Jesus has healed this person. That was the blind man, the, the lame man at the gate beautiful. That's what they said. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. 
They will take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. You know, sometimes healing is instantaneous, and that's an emotive subject, isn't it? Healing. Because some aren't healed, and we wonder why. But this, this says here that the believer will lay hands on the sick, and they'll recover. And I believe there can be a recovery time for people when we lay hands on them and pray for them. We need to give every opportunity in every service to pray for people. That's why we've got a prayer team. We'll have a prayer team at the end of the service. And if you have any kind of need whatsoever and you need prayer, please come forward and these guys will pray for you. Jesus said those who believe will do these things. He didn't say that to just the apostles or the prophets or the teachers or specially anointed people. So how can we do the works that Jesus did? Because that's what he said. He said, the works I do, you will do, and greater works also. How many of you have done the works of God, let alone the greater works of God? Because Jesus said we will do those same works that he did. Can we just close our eyes for a moment? I'm just going to pray. Thank you, Father. You know, Jesus came... In Luke 4.18, it says, Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. He's come to set captives free, to set at liberty those who are bound. You know, so many people are bound with bad habits, addictions, bound by fear, anxiety, worry, concern. And Jesus came, the Bible says, to set those people free. Someone said earlier that that's why the Holy Spirit came. Where the the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty and there's freedom. How many of us have been set free by those words of Jesus, by believing those words of Jesus? That's why he came. And he's established the church that we could carry on doing what he did in the power of his name. It's his name. In his name, people are healed, set free, delivered. Broken lives, made whole. And if you're here this morning, I don't believe you're here by accident. And I believe maybe God has been knocking on the door of your heart. I want to ask this question. How many of you have not given your lives to Jesus? How many of you have not made Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life? Going to church is good, but that doesn't save us. Those who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Are you saved today? Maybe you're here and you're not here by accident and you used to serve God, but you went off and did your own thing, but you're here today, and maybe you're asking the question, would God ever give me a second chance? God would always give you a second and a third and a fourth chance, always. And he's waiting for you, friend, with a, to clothe you with his righteousness and put a ring on your finger because he wants you back. So if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life and you'd like to do that this morning, 
just put your hand up and say, that's me, I want to give my life to Jesus today. Anybody here this morning? Not given your life to Jesus, not surrendered your life to Jesus. And then secondly, are you here today and you're not here by accident, maybe you think you are, and you've come to a point in your life where you've just tried the world and the world does not satisfy only Jesus satisfies and you know, that's today. You want to recommit your life to Jesus. Is that you? Just put your hand up and say, that's me. I want to recommit my life and rededicate my life to Jesus today. Are you brave enough to put your hand up and say, that's me. I'm lost. I'm broken. I need Jesus. Just put your hand up. Okay, looks like we're all right with God. Thank you, Father. Father, thank you for... Thank you for giving us eternal life. That when this life ends, that we can be with you for eternity. Thank you, Jesus, for every person here. Thank you for their love for you, their love for this church, their love for the body of Christ. Thank you for all that you've done in their lives, all you're about to do in their lives also, Father. And I pray as we go from this place today that you would and camp around about us and keep us safe and free from harm until we can meet again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please stay for uh, tea and coffee if you can. Uh, don't forget to register for the birthday next week. The food, everything's free. You just need to register so that we can order the right amount of food. And we need to do that this week before we do anything else. And just tell everyone, tell your neighbor, it's Wonder tonight. Are you coming to Wonder tonight? Six o'clock. Need to be here. Is that all right? Bless you guys. We'll see you later. Yeah. Yeah. Can the prayer team come forward? They will be wearing lanyards. If you need prayer for anything, please come forward and they'll pray for you.